The Raw Rugby Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Raw Rugby Podcast. I'm Brett McKay. Competition deciders are here and all around the world. Your place for the biggest and best rugby finals discussion is the raw.com.au, Australia's biggest sporting debate. Another fantastic chat last week with Paul Cully and thanks to everyone who got in touch via the various means. Uh, you can do the same under the new episode page each week on the Raw. Hit us up on the socials uh, or please leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Joining me this and every week, a man who somehow watches more rugby every weekend than there is time available, my tireless co-host, Harry Jones. And I don't know, mate, I'm tempted just to hang up on you with that background at the moment for our listeners harry is genuinely set up in front of a window looking at, is that that's the empire state building behind you isn't it the chrysler building the chrysler building it was one or the other yeah. <laughs> how's it from b brett is your bomb it's good. burning yeah, yeah a little bit a little bit look and look i've worn the western province hoops Thank uh, you. in your honor with the stormers getting through to the to the urc Final. That was that's. We'll get onto that, but that was massive, massive upset. Yeah, I, I always think people are usually either like really sore losers and great winners, or terrible winners and you know magnanimous losers. Mm. I think I'm in the category of I'm the world's shittiest winner. Like I will <laughs> dance on your grave. I will spike the football, <laughs> but I'm actually a very very gentle loser. Like yeah. I accept it. And I'm, I don't blame the ref. I don't talk about how yeah. this guy got over the ball and he could have kicked the penalty. What, yeah. Which one are you? Are you, do you? are you a good loser or a bad winner yeah. or something like this? Yeah, I, I, generally speaking, I think I'm a pretty good loser, but I have to admit I was pretty flat Saturday night and I think that was a combination of yeah, when you when you work in news like I do, you get to know teams and players and coaches and ultimately you're you're cheering for them as much as you are a fan of the team and so I was really deflated for the guys Um, but then I also had the adrenaline rush of getting a tv package to air 20 minutes after the result so the come down of that and then the final result as well was uh, left me pretty pretty on Saturday night wasn't that was that was a rough way to lose I have to say (laughs) Yeah, yeah, so so close, but so far. Uh, but anyway, that's that's that. But um, really excited for this week's guest, mate. Let's let's get to him, and it's another first for the podcast family. The Raw Rugby Podcast. The Pods Brisbane Studio has been fired up and patched through to us again, and it's great to welcome from it the newly crowned Stan Pilecki medalist for 2022, the Queensland Reds Player of the Year, Harry Wilson. Hello, mate. Hey. Hello, hello. Happy to be on here. Yeah, congratulations, uh, obviously, on on, on the, 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 the Stan Pilecki medal. That's about as high on as it is the highest honour as far as Reds players get. Yeah, yeah, thank you. I guess it was a, a bit of a surprise. I can't say I was going there expecting to get it, but um, yeah, it is a bit of a, uh, I guess, big honour. So yeah, stoked with it. The fact that it's 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 a player vote, isn't it? So it, it, it obviously means means plenty coming from your teammates. Yeah, exactly. I think that means a lot more when it comes from your teammates rather than just being selected by, I guess, fans or or the coaches. So um, or, or media. But, God, <laughs> <laughs> it must mean that uh, they, they actually like me. <laughs> I wonder who got the second most votes. 
uh, uh, I was going to say, I think we can answer that. It was Tate McDermott, yeah. Yeah, ah, nice. Yeah. Now, now I mentioned um, I mentioned first we 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 like celebrating um, within the podcast family. And a couple of weeks ago, we had Sakopi Kepu was the first major milestone for the podcast, running out for 150 games. Unfortunately, he also produced the podcast first red card about 11 minutes later. <laughs> so here's your first for us for us, Harry. When I contacted you last week, you weren't in the Wallaby squad. Since now confirming and now having this chat. You were named in the 35 men squad for the for the July series. So therefore, you're our first active volley. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. It's good to see uh, I guess I got a bit of luck this time and then get Sakopi's luck. <laughs> I'd like to say that we had something to do with it, but I'm not sure how that's quite the case either. I'm intrigued to know though, mate. How did you find out? Who who rang you to let you know you're in? Um, and what was the what was the reaction? Um, yeah, well, I guess in the past we've always been called and stuff, so I kind of found out early. But this year, it was um, found out via the Instagram when Reds tagged me. So um, <laughs> <laughs> I guess it was a bit of a relief when it got to about I think nine thirty, and I had another call. And like, ah, oh. but I thought then again, if I did get a call, it was probably going to be bad news. So I was like, I'll keep my phone close to me. But yeah, and no, I was stoked to. I guess what I found out is obviously. That's what you play for, be a part of a Wallaby squad and then hopefully the team. So, yeah, very happy with it. Yeah. Uh, now, now, Jones, you you probably you wouldn't have seen on um, on Channel 9 in, in Australia on Sunday, they have a Sports Sunday show and they had Dave Rennie was on with um, Jed Holloway and, and Dave Parecki who were named in their first squads as well. And Jed Holloway <laughs> had to admit that um, when he saw Dave Rennie's number come up, he went... I don't think I want that call because generally Dave Ringy rings blokes to let them know they've missed out, it's, which is right, yeah. isn't it, Harry? So they <laughs> yes. thought that they were getting the bad news, but what it actually was was Dave Ready contacting them to say, can you come on Sports Sunday with us? So, so that's why oh, I, was, I was interested to know, Harry, who, who it was that called. So, but, yeah, the Reds, so the Red Socials got, got you yeah. first. Yeah, getting getting the tags. I know. Yeah, in the past we always having to get an assistant coach calling, but um, yeah, that's good news for Jed there because um, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he would have been told if Dave screen. Yeah, it's not good news at all. Did you did you have to then inquire and sort of try and verify that, or did you just take the social media manager's word for it? Yeah, then I quickly searched up Wallaby's Instagram to see if that's how I do it. Someone <laughs> there, I was like, okay. Because I thought it was just going to be 10 a.m. on this like sports show they're going to announce it straight away, but then. Took about fifteen minutes to announce it on that. So thank God yeah, for Instagram. Right. Yeah, right. It used, it used to be on Telegram or an actual printed thing. Now it's on Instagram. Used to what? <laughs> once upon a time, it used to be ABC Radio, I think, too. Funnily enough. So, so there you go. So, so what happened? What what's now, mate? You you've got a couple of days into camp on on Thursday. Then what happens on day one? What's what's the what's the logistics of the first few days? Yeah, so I think the first two days is more, I've got a lot of meetings, I had a look at the schedule, yeah, just plenty of meetings, the attack, the defence, and then I guess everyone's got their medicals, and um, yeah, so I think we get eased into it a little bit, but then uh, by Saturday uh, is our first big double day, and I guess we've got a week uh, prep going before game week, so I guess uh, the people who've done the past, that's always a a very, very big week, so that's something um, you get your head around and get ready to rip in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got a bit of uh, a bit of Super Rugby semi-finals to wrap up before we before we get more into the into the Wallaby chat, and I'm and I'm looking forward to that. So we'll start where we start every every week. What stood out for you from the from the semi-finals, having um, having obviously been beaten in the quarterfinal the week before? How much of the semi-finals did you actually watch? 
Yeah, well, I watched the last, uh, the second half of the uh, Blues uh, Brumbies game, and um, yeah, I guess for me it was it was pretty impressive the way Brumbies got back into the game and put themselves in a winning position against, I guess, everyone thought would be the best team in the competition. So, I guess I was pretty gutted for those boys to, uh, I guess, get so close, but um, yeah, not close enough. Yeah, that's it, Jonesy. What stood out for you? Yeah, composure, I suppose, across that both of those semifinals and the other semifinals that were happening. Uh, just little bits of composure. I think the Bromby style of play is more suitable for knockout rugby than the yeah. Blues. Yeah. The Blues yeah. are a little bit like Leinster. They have to have a lot of ball. They have to keep doing their intricate patterns. And the Brumbies kind of smash the spokes of the wheel, right? Just come in and yeah. just wreck the bicycle. Um, the scrums didn't go Brumbies' way. I think that was no. one thing that could have really helped them. Uh, for me, the rep was fine. Benno Keep is one of our best. And geez, you know, he's going to swallow his whistle in the last two minutes, like every ref, because it's a and, mess. But, but I think Luke Reimer missed a trick, right? He's excellent over the ball. He gets to the ball. Don't actually steal it. Clamp, you know, clamp onto it like David mm. Pogba, and then get smashed around and howl and have all your people go crazy with their arms up. When you take the ball, it's not a penalty. You just stole the ball. Yeah. And he, <laughs> he, he, he's he was too good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was almost too so effective, it was, wasn't it? It was naive. The, 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 yeah. the, I don't know, just the cynical experience, kind of how do you squeeze out a game, which we saw Bowden Barrett come of age. He, he knows how to close it out. Noah yeah. would probably go back in time and probably work. A few, I don't know if it was his call or not, but he'd probably work a few more phases, just a few more phases. Yeah. I think he would have won. I think he would have won the penalty. I'm, I must admit, I was surprised that they decided to have that shot from there because the kick was going to be 40 meters out. He was in front and he hit it pretty well and it was even on target. Um, but yeah, I, I thought they might have. But he had to had, hit it so low yeah. to, to go 40, which is 45 yeah. meters. To, to make it over, uh, he had to hit it so low that even Osaka yeah. could, yeah, could exactly. palm it with, without jumping. So, and there was still time. I mean, you know, it was the 30, yeah. 30 odd seconds on the clock. So, look, I, I've got to, I've got to mention the Crusaders' defense on the Friday night. Two hundred and seventy odd tackle attempts. That's that's crazy. Did you attempt? Did you attempt two hundred and seventy tackles for the year, Harry? No, oh God, no. Didn't get close <laughs> to that. So. <laughs> yeah, that's, no, that's just. Um, that's insane, hey, isn't it? To to, uh, to put that stat in, in perspective, Harry and Brett, Harry Wilson was actually the top carrier in Super Rugby with 202 carries. Mm. The Crusaders made more time, 270 yeah. tackles than the number one ball carrier of the entire season. That's amazing. It's crazy. It's yeah. absolutely crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Harry, I'm wondering whether you can quantify for us the pain of a finals loss. And I don't mean to sort of drag you back to the week before in Christchurch, but 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 how how much more does a does a finals loss hurt than a than a regular season game? Yeah, yeah. I guess there's probably nothing worse because I know well for us in the quarterfinal as a group, I guess you you just get so much closer, so much tighter knowing that you're playing some deal die footy and you prepare that much harder. Um you do everything that little bit more. And then uh when you get the result going against you it's um yeah, pretty gut wrenching. I know for us, it's probably it wasn't as nail biting as the Blues, um, the Blues Brumbies loss mm. there. But uh, I guess for us, we'll we'll down by one with twenty minutes to go, and we thought we we're in it. So then, then to lose that from there, um, yeah, it's not not good at all. Something you don't like doing. Yeah, yeah. And what about the Crusaders in finals mode? How how different were they in round fifteen to then the following week? Did you did you notice like they just flicked a switch or something like that? 
Yeah, yeah. Well, from the start, there was definitely so much more intensity. It was pretty cool yeah. versus them two weeks in a row because I don't think – well, no, that never really happened. So, um, yeah, the intensity from the start, the contacts at the start of the game was pretty ridiculous and um, throughout. And then, yeah, the 60-minute mark, you just see some of their big players, Richie Mawanga, just yeah. 20 minutes to go to step up and just yeah, take the throne there. And uh, Yeah, Southern Car, we, we, I wish we, we could have done there, but, um, yeah, they're just a class above. <laughs> Is it, is it one of those moments where you realise that you're in trouble, but you just don't know what you can do? Mm. Once, yeah, especially once you saw, we started seeing Mawanga running and having time and space, you're like, then you don't want to try and do it, fix it by yourself because then that creates more trouble when you're trying to run yeah. out of line to get him going. So it's just hard. Well, that's where I try, you try and get your composure back. But I guess for us, I was on a roll and we couldn't, couldn't get back into it. Yeah, you, you look at, that's a very good example what Harry says about, Richie Mwanga. Richie Mwanga had the big edge over Bryn Gatlin this week. You know, we had actually looked at a very t- a great season by Bryn Gatlin at mm. club level. And yeah. we almost started thinking about him as the third uh, flyoff. But my goodness, 15 red zone attacks uh, started. I mean, the Chiefs started 15 attacks in the Crusaders red zone. Zero points. Mm. Uh, no, no drop goals attempted. No penalty kicks. Yeah. Uh, nothing. That will lose you every knockout match every time right and you look at that kind of bloody mindedness of the crusaders just a few snips yeah Uh, i think the the blues are trying to get that but i think you look at the crusaders still and say i don't know what how you think this harry but i think it takes a lot of time to get used to the intensity of that kind of match and they seem very comfortable when they're in that kind of match yeah yeah i I couldn't i couldn't agree any more there and uh, it's a game I cannot wait to watch this weekend is the Crusaders v Blues because mm. it's against a team which has been there, done it so many times, and then, a, I guess, a new superstar New Zealand team. So I guess um, I'll be backing. Oh, I reckon Crusaders will win just because I, I just don't know how they won't win. But uh, <laughs> I, I know a lot of the people will be uh, yeah backing the Blues too. Yeah, I'd be yeah, a big crowd it's a, it's, back too. It's got a lot of nice themes, right? The blues, mm. you know, the frustration of Auckland rugby, you know, how long they've waited. And then you have the, you know, for most of us, we look at the Crusaders as really annoyingly good all the time. <laughs> and so it, it sets up as a very nice unfinished yeah. business, north-south, Bodie Ritchie, good or evil, same old, same old versus new. Well, and it's, yeah. it's the chance, like, like Auckland Canterbury is, is like, is like Queensland and New South Wales. It's 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 a it's a rivalry for the ages. But as well, it's and we've touched on this a few times the last few weeks. If there was a if there was a question mark about the Blues last year and the Trans Tasman title, it's they didn't have to play the Crusaders to win it. And right. this sort of feels like the decider that might settle the last few years worth of arguments. I, I don't know, Harry. Is that the way you're seeing it? Yeah, 100%. It's, um, yeah. yeah, exactly. I know, yeah, because Crusaders will feel as if last year when Blues won the comp, Crusaders didn't lose a game in that competition either. Yeah. So they'll feel that they, I guess, didn't deserve to lose that comp. So, yeah, I can't wait. Yeah. So let's get into it. Where's it going to be won and lost? You've you've played both the Blues and Crusaders in, in recent weeks. So what are the differences between the two sides? Where do you think one has the advantage over the other? Oh, I just reckon the Crusaders' defence, like obviously on the weekend they did it, but Blues Blues have so much attacking flair in their back line and in the forward pack. So I know if Crusaders, and if there is a team to do it, I do reckon these Crusaders, if they can just front up in defence and just tackle them all day. And then when they get their turnover, they'll fling to Seve Reese, and that's where I reckon they will, they will change the game. But, um, yeah, it's both teams have so much attacking flair and good defence. So, yeah, it's a 
it's a tough one to talk about there. Yeah, it is. Jones, where's it where's it gonna be yeah, lost? So with one exception, the Harlequins win the premiership a couple of years ago. When you look at knockout footy, it's not usually luck speed that, that gets you the best regular season record, but it's not that. It's gonna be game line dominance, collision success. Yeah. Uh, how screwed up is your line out at the critical moment? And how many mistakes your backs make under the ball or with the ball. And then, yeah. you know, how much success you get in the red zone when you finally entry. The playmaker mix, I think, uh, is going to be fascinating because you've got Perifetta, Barrett, a double-headed monster mm. playing very well. I just come back, like Harry says, come back to the sort of like been there, done that, game line dominance, collision success. I think the first 20 minutes is going to tell us a lot about Akira Ioni versus Colin Grace or who's going to actually win those smash-ups. But slower, slower, as you pointed out, the second half doesn't have a lot of scores in it, in knockout footy. It just doesn't. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, both the Blues and the Crusaders didn't score second-half point last week. Yeah. which Which is incredible when you think about it, the way they've both been playing. So... I'm I'm really torn on this. Uh, like, there's so many reasons why the Crusaders should win it, and experience and being there, done that is, you know, are the obvious ones. But then we know how many finals have been won at home, and we know how few finals have been won away. Um, but then, even to counter that counterpoint, it's been the Crusaders that have been better at winning away than anyone else. So, I don't know. That's a good way of really not settling anything, isn't it? <laughs> I don't, is, um, is Papali dolted out this week too? Or was he uh, might be back? It was it was appendic- it was appendicitis um that he missed the semi with. So but I haven't I have to admit I haven't actually well teams teams will come out Wednesday. I have to admit I haven't actually seen any suggestion to, to, that that he will miss it or that he'll actually play. So I, yeah. I don't know. I, I I do I do wonder if I do wonder if there might be a call from above. I wonder yeah. if there might be a call from the All Black selectors and say, you know what, let's just yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I was I was look I was looking forward to him using his appendix as an excuse for driving really fast. Like, oh. <laughs> 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 well, sorry, officer. <laughs> I mean, I mean, what are the odds? The technicality. Right at that very point in time that the that the radar gun didn't work. I mean, what are the odds? New Zealand is still a very big rugby country. <laughs> no doubt about that. Rugby on the roar. Harry, congrats again on, on the Wallaby selection. Um, I'm wondering what sort of conversations you've been having with Dave Rennie during this season and and what's been his message now that he's he's pictured this this time around and obviously this goes back to being left behind uh for the spring tour last year and 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 being given a few things to work on so what sort of conversations you've been having this year um yeah so i guess when i when i left last year uh before the spring tour i guess i didn't really speak to him until uh the april camp yeah so um i had a few good conversations with him there and i guess he's reinforced a few areas of my game which was obviously my ball carry footwork about which he saw some good growth there and then just said like how he wants me to keep improving it and then i guess from that camp it's it's oh, i kind of enjoy it. You, you speak to him there and then he just lets you go do your thing he doesn't really i guess talk to you too much throughout the year so 
um, I've been with him the last few days at um, at Ballymore, just training there. And uh, yep. I guess for me, it's we it's a so my footwork and stuff, which I always want me to work on, is um it's not just an overnight fix. So I think I have uh, I guess improved up there, which he's noted, but he also mm. can see a few more growth with that. So it's kind of been good this week. I've done a bit of one on one stuff with him, uh, trying to him trying to help with the I guess, a few more finer details and get my patterning right. So and then. Uh, I guess well, we haven't really spoke about the year. I guess for me, it's now just for me to train hard and do anything I can to try and, uh, I guess, get a jersey. Yeah. Yo, Harry, so I know we, we talked about you, your carrying rate. You're a busy player. Uh, I always watch number eights because I, I was a pro- Western Province number eight guy. And so that's the player I watch. Uh, but you're carrying a little differently. 202 carries, but actually more a little bit in the tight now, tight loose. I uh, didn't see you as much in the wider channels. Is that fair? How uh, you changed up? Um, yeah, yeah. I guess it's it's how the what's best for the team. I guess for um, I guess if I want to carry a bit wider, it's always a little bit easier, and um, you can always look a little bit better out there. But I know for Reds this year, especially not having a Teniola Tupo, a, a few of our key a Lucan people doing the tight stuff, I kind of had to, I guess, step up and do a bit more work there. Which it's um, I guess you don't get as much glory, but as long as you can try and get enough front football. <laughs> for the other boys to run off is um, my job. So something not, I enjoy too. There's not as many centres defending in the middle channels, are there? <laughs> no, <laughs> you, you don't find the little blokes. You just get double teamed <laughs> by the forwards. But um, it's part and parcel of rugby. But it's interesting because, you know, I looked and you had the highest proportion of carries for any one team. Like you, 13% of the Reds' carries were actually you. Jesus. And then I thought, well, mate, yeah, ridiculous, right? And you've carried 50 more times than the next guy. Uh, I think it was another number eight. Um, but you're also in the top five of tackles. And this is a difference from prior seasons as well. And it looks like to me you're fitter. I'm sorry, don't hurt me, but I used to call you Harry Tight Pants Wilson. But now your <laughs> pants are not, are not as tight. So uh, did you work on off-season fitness uh, and get a little bit leaner? Is that a, is that a cool um, way of just asking if he's just got bigger shorts? <laughs> 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 I've gone up a size or two, but um, I guess my my preseason was a bit different because a uh, part of like when I was going back um, was to work on my speed. And as for me, I'm used to just getting slogged for hours and hours and just doing fitness in pre-seasons. But this one was more just speed power based. Um, mm. And it's something I really enjoyed, which actually felt like I got a lot of benefits from. And I guess I did try and lose just a couple of I guess, KGs just to feel, because I guess it can only help with your agility and power stuff if you're a tad lighter. But um, so I think I've found, I found my weight now and which I know I can play some decent footy at. So um, hopefully I, I don't go back to a Harry type pants anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. You, you also had a, you also had a lower, um, I think your body position actually ended up being lower in the, in the actual acceleration. And I, I noticed that you scored some amazing tries. I'm talking, you scored with, behind your head with your pec muscle with your forearm i mean the only thing you didn't scare, score with was your bum but uh how do you is that something you actually practice squirming around doing jujitsu or something how did you score so many strange tries uh we actually did do jujitsu uh twice a week in pre-season but oh there you go um, <laughs> I'll, I'll give our um coach there a wrap for that but no i think it's just more just I guess when I was closer to the line, just having a bit more, I guess, knowledge of if I can keep driving my legs for another meter, keeping the right. ball off the ground, then I can get there. Just a, a little bit of leg drive stuff 
I guess, having confidence in yourself, not just going on the ground, trying to put the ball back, actually just fight for that extra metre and you never know what can happen because I guess they're all expecting you to I guess, put the ball back or something and that's when you can find them, I guess, not I mean, ready for a, it. It's an actual skill. You see people, there mm. are some players who know how, know how to finish. They are able to contort their body and there are other players that have the white line fever, right? Mm. Um, you play in England and they have had a big uh, number eight debate. You know, you have the Billy Bonapola era where it was just a big carrying trucker from the base, kind of like you with, you know, a lot of carries. And then you have the Alex Dombrandt, Sam Simmons, which is also how you can play too. Um, coming into the national setup, is there some discussion about playing in different kind of number eight? Because number eight can play different ways. Um, yeah, I've, I've honestly got, I've got uh, no clue there at all. I guess we haven't really gone in. And um, I guess most of it is just how, I guess, the team wants to play where, because um, a, a lot of time off line outs, you get some first phase doing the tough mm. carries and then sometimes, I guess, moves and everything's set up for you to be on the edge. And so it's all what the, uh, the coaches want, I guess. You've seen England in the past. It's been per- everyone, no one ever wanted to believe in Apollo to play, but he always just did the perfect job for, for them mm. where obviously, I guess he's probably, that's where he was now. And then you see the players like Alex Domrat just carve up the... Uh, that English competition for year after year. So, yeah, it's very interesting, I guess, the different styles of number eights because um, it's definitely not a position like a seven where you kind of have everyone doing the same thing. It's a mm. very yeah, different type of position. It, 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 int- it intrigues me the way Rob Valentini plays and and the, the, the way that his game doesn't change whether he's wearing a Brumbies jersey or a Wallabies jersey. Right. He plays in exactly the same channels, runs exactly the same lines, makes the same number of tackles, and he wears six for one team and eight for the other. So, how do you try and make your adjustments when you when when there are different programs? Is it do the Reds use you differently to to how to how Dave runs you with with the Wallabies? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, well, in my first year at Wallabies, it was pretty pretty similar. But I guess last year um, when Bobby was I guess the informed player in the country, where he kind of took that I guess main main ball carry role, and I guess that's something which I. It took me a bit to learn how to play, and I probably yeah. didn't end up learning how to play well enough to I guess, stay in the team. But because um, you had a lot of, I guess, first, second phase carries there, where then when you're the second or third one, that's where you got to, I guess, be a bit more patient, wait for the ball to come back from one side. And um, yeah, so that's something which I, th- I guess, if I was in the team, that's what I'd have to, I guess, learn and hopefully be able to do this year because. Bobby's Bobby's awesome at it. He um no matter what position he is, he gets the, the team front line ball. And um I guess that's why he can, I guess, play that same footy for club and wallabies because he's I guess so effective at it. Yeah, yeah. And so I mean it's hard to miss with that hair. Mate, that, mate, <laughs> uh, that's so that's why you're going with the red headgear. That's that's your thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's your, that's your Rob Bellatini hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have uh, Rob's abilities. I thought let's just get the most colourful headgear there. <laughs> I think you, you've sort of answered this question. How how much attention have you paid been, been playing to, to England and, and looking at what sort of guys you might come up against? Um, yeah, I guess just, just loving my rugby. I always, I guess, keep up to date with just what's happening over there. I guess go on the Twitter, you read you read what's mm. what's happening over there too and um, knowing a few blokes playing out of those competitions. But um even at Reds, our Jim Mackay, our um, attack coach, always has little projects for us. So one for me was to have a look at number how number eight's playing the uh, the Northern Hemisphere. So yeah, right. That's where I watched a lot of that Alex Domran and uh, Billy Vinopolo play. Yep. 
kind of cool. So you can just click, uh, it's all clipped up at training. So yeah, I watched a lot about how, how like, even like that Alex Domran, he's just loves playing off Marcus Smith, where you see a lot of, I guess, number eights I watch always playing off the nine where he's, he's a bit different there. Yeah. So that's just something, um, just from doing a little project, but in the, in hindsight, it's probably going to help me for the upcoming English series if I get a crack there. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, it's, it's actually it's it's actually very smart by Alex Dombrand. He 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 collects a lot of kicks, which I think you should start doing. Just hang back and catch all those kicks, easy meters, and you get to smash some uh, <laughs> nines and tens. <laughs> you can be more choosy coming from the back, can't you? Um, yeah. I, I'm just just wondering, mate. Just be, before we before we let you go, I'm wondering what sort of conversations you you might have, or if you if if indeed you have been having conversations about Australia A and whether whether there there might be an opportunity there if you don't happen to make the the 23 have, have there been conversations about Australia A uh no I, I I'm pretty sure they're just picking that 30 man squad and then I guess they play that and then we're all contesting for our yeah um positions where I guess if it was a a few weeks later or something it would it'd probably work better so if you weren't getting yeah. picked you could join that but I guess as far as I know and aware, I'm just I'm gonna I guess train as hard as I can trying to get a I guess a Wallabies jersey. Yeah, yeah, and of course that's the um, that's that's the that's the goal, mate. Look, it's been really good to talk to you. Really, really, really enjoyed it. Um, just best of luck, I suppose. It'd be it'd be great to have the pod's first active active Wallaby. I reckon that's that's <laughs> something we could look look forward to certainly. Yeah, well, thank you very much for having me. Thanks, Harry. You're one of my favorite players, but just when you get the ball. Just look for Owen. Come on, smash. Go, go find that guy. Find that guy. <laughs> he's, he, yeah, there you go. There you go. Here's the one question that I thought Harry Jones would have asked you this. That we've that the, the pod 15 has been very, very hotly contested. So Harry's now going to make a decision between Henry Timest Towers and you at number eight. Or I mean, I, I don't know, I don't know if you can help to help him decide this. Uh, Who's the number six? Back. Well, see, this is this was this was sort of the door I was allowing you to jump into if you wanted. <laughs> so I know Harry, I know you can play six or eight, and so can Henry. Yeah. So I think I'm I think I'm moving Henry to six because he looks like he looks a little bit like he would enjoy that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, that, that, that's a it's a big honor to be uh, number eight and you're starting fifteen there. He certainly didn't didn't um, he didn't miss the opportunity to say that he doesn't mind running into blokes. So you know that's fair. <laughs> that seems fair. Uh, best of, best of luck in camp, mate, um, and and hopefully the, uh, the the selection gods um, play your way through the England series, and we'll be uh, we'll be watching on with with interest. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. See you, Harry. The roar. Harry, great to have Harry Wilson um, on the uh, on, on the pod. We certainly do wish him luck um, with selection for the England series. That's going to be great. Uh, the Super Rugby Pacific final is on Saturday evening in Auckland, of course, the Blues and the Crusaders. Uh, very much looking forward to that. Um, England, England named their squad. Uh, looks like Danny Kerr might be in line for a recall, which is interesting. New Zealand named their squads. South Africa named their squads as well. What what big surprises uh, in in all those? I think Eddie only named uh, Danny Kerr so that he can not play for the Barbarians and show up England, and also because <laughs> because Youngs is playing the final. Um, Australia yeah. to me, New Zealand, not nothing really surprising. I suppose yeah. for New Zealand, I I kind of thought Luke Jacobson had enough to get over the line. Yeah. And I thought and- he's- 
Ethan Dechruit, I thought he was going to be good for scrumming against um, the Irish front row. Those two and Brad Webber, I thought, were, were the unlucky ones yeah. for New Zealand. Yeah. I, I really thought this might have been been Brad Webber's time, so I was I was a little bit surprised there, I must admit. Um, I've pushed the URC chat a lot further up the list. Massive semi-final weekend, and now we're left with Stormers v Bulls in Cape Town for the first year of the United Rugby Championship. I mean, no one saw that coming, surely. Ridic- ridiculous. Paul Cully said uh, they invited South Africa in the Big Bad Wolf, and now he's taking all their dinner. Yeah. Um, also, Ulster was out on their feet in Cape Town. Uh, they play. They're playing a super fit Stormer. Stormer side is yeah. very fit, very quick, uh, even the forwards. Um, and and Leinster kind of you know came in maybe believing their own press, but. Yeah, Bulls, that's one of the great upsets. I think you tweeted yeah. about one of the great upsets. Six-day turnaround, four different Six. flights, lost lost their bags, yeah. uh, had to had to borrow equipment. I mean, yeah. they just should should not have won, and they did. Ye- years and years and years ago, uh, 2013, when the British and Irish Lions were in Australia, um, I had the absolute pleasure and, and honour of, um, of shadowing Jake White for the night, I think, and I think I've, I've, I've written about it. I've certainly told the story before. But one of the key messages that I remember Jake White telling the Brumbies before that game is that is that he said he just said, "Boys, I can't be out there, but I can help you win this game." Mm-hmm. And he was really clear, you know, like, "This is how we're going to do it. This is what's going to happen. They're going to come back with this, and this is what we do, and this is what we do, and this is what we do, and we win." And I can imagine he would have given the Bulls exactly the same sort of talk in Dublin. It's, very, it's incredible. very clear. Yeah, very clear game plan. And they came yeah. up the middle. They didn't kick, didn't kick the ball out. When they did go out, the Bulls actually stole three lineouts on the, you know, much vaunted Le- Leinster lineout. Yeah. Uh, Sam, Warburton, Sam Warburton asked on Twitter rhetorically about a month or two ago, why South Africa? They add nothing to the competition. Sam, this is your karma for not putting Aaron Lloyd in your autobiography. <laughs> Speaking of friends of the pods, um, some very, very quick news to wrap it all up. Former Wallabies, Brumbies and Western Force ball magnet David Pocock will soon be officially Senator David Pocock after he was uh, declared the winner of the ACT's second Senate seat. That's only a month after the Australian Pretty federal cool. election. Uh, yeah. Michael Wells left the Rebels uh, last week, just after last week's pod, in fact, to link up with his old Norse coach, Simon Cron, at the Western Force. Alex Newsom will join Ira Simone at Claremont. Um, Joe Powell is reported to be heading to London Irish, who just the week before confirmed Nick Phipps was departing the club. Saracens and Leicester booked their place in the Premiership final at Twickenham on Saturday, had pretty comfortable wins over Harlequins and uh, Northampton, respectively. Um, last week, Major League Rugby, we talked about the Austin Guild Gronies, but like within hours of, of the episode coming out, the Guild, the LA Guiltinis were similarly booted out of the finals, and it did emerge that indeed F45 Jim Supremo, Adam Gilchrist, does own both teams there. So you've, I think there's fairly obvious links there. The Champions Cup teams for 2022-23 have been confirmed, the Stormers, Bulls and Sharks all joining the best teams of Europe. Uh, it's not gone down well, just judging by social media reactions. The Lions and the Cheetahs are both in the um, in, in the Challenge Cup, and that's interesting as well. 57-year-old legendary Italian flanker Sergio Parisi has signed up for another year of top 14 rugby 
uh, with Toulon. He's not actually 57. He's actually only 38. But that is episode 21 of the Raw Rugby Podcast done and in the can. Don't forget, Harry and I are both on the socials. And don't forget to drop us a line on the Raw when the new episode page lands. Uh, the pod is on all the major platforms now. Like, follow, subscribe. Do whatever you need to do to make sure the new episode drops into your notifications as soon as it goes live. It's the Raw Rugby Podcast with me, Brett McKay, and Harry Jones each week on the raw.com.au. Australia's biggest sporting debate, the home of all your favourite rugby analysis and opinions. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in your ears next week. Rest in peace, Phil Bennett, one of the greatest players in rugby history. And come play with us.